Hello, beautiful people. My guests today are Dylan and Henry, and I love how these two guys have branded themselves and become known on Twitter as the guys to go to for video clips on the internet. See, they started a podcast called Smart Nonsense about a year ago, and when they did that, they started to say, oh, we should create a team so that the systems of this podcast can be easier to make. And what they did was they created such a great team that some of the biggest podcasters in the world, like Sean Puri from My First Million and the All In podcast, have requested their services. They've also, from doing this, started working with Hassan Minaj on a secret project. So all of that goes to say that these two are a duo that is on the rise. I'm so grateful to have gotten the chance to get to know them further. And towards the end of the conversation, we even spoke about my own journey and what I expect to get out of the podcast. Thoroughly enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do as well. And if you have any thoughts or feedback about the episode, let me know on Twitter at Hey, Danny Miranda. That's all for me. And let's get right into this episode with Dylan and Henry. Interesting people, thought-provoking conversations, nutrition for your brain. Journey through the minds of the world's top performers and discover what it really takes to achieve your highest version. This is the Danny Miranda Podcast. Dylan, Henry, Pop Belky, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Danny's watching. I like it. I like that a lot. Huh. Okay, money. that's quite the way to kick it off. I, I, you probably know him as Pop from the vlogs, but uh, this yeah. costume, is, it just made an appearance right before we hit record. So This shirt is tight, too. I do not like wearing shirts, so Danny, you're, you're lucky. Yeah, you got me clothed for this episode. It's good. Thank God. So I, I think we'd start things off with, how did you guys meet? You want to tell the story? I'll tell my version of the story. Um, I was, so when you get into college, right? I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna make this that long winded. When you get into college, you go to like an admit weekend. And I was just, just moseying around. No plans. No one there. I was sad. I had a girlfriend from high school back home. I was like, do I really want to go to college? And I walk over to the flag football game and Dylan's got sweat coming down his face. <laughs> He's like playing really hard with, a lot of people that don't play football. And I was like, yeah, that guy might be all right. And then I think you picked me up. Yeah. I was yeah the last so I picked Henry up. So this is what happened. We got into like a, a kind of nerdy school. I wasn't really, I, I always identified as an athlete. So I was coming in and I'm like, all right, where's like the cool kid out of all these nerdy kids? Cause no one could play flag football. They were throwing like with their left arm. And then I just see Henry. I'm like, that kid looks mildly athletic. So I'm like, I'm gonna go up and talk to him. First person I talked to at Brown uh, at school and uh, last person first and last <laughs> literally. And uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off. I had to poach him cause he was trying to go to Stanford, but luckily his girlfriend was uh, in Rhode Island too. So us two, I That's don't think true. I actually played any weight in that decision, but. <laughs> but there's this, there's this brilliant thing about Dylan where you're, I think I met all of my friends in school through Dylan, but then and I'm super antisocial. Right. So, so like Dylan's the glue for all of our friends, all these awesome people. 
but then you kind of back away into the corner. Yeah, you, just, you let us play out. You let you let the the, the emotions mix. So, um, yeah, I guess we've known each other six years, which is kind of crazy. We we just said we should go out for like an anniversary dinner together. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it surprised me that you say Dylan's antisocial because he started bold introvert. Danny is on his game. Oh, Danny, I I hope you don't have B-roll. But uh, <laughs> no, that's that channel. That was me. So basically, Bold Introvert, that was the first instance of Bold Introvert when I went up to say hi to Henry. Because like, I'm only, I have to get in the mood when I'm going to go and socialize with people. Otherwise, I'll just default to like reading a book or something. But uh, but Bold Introvert was like, all right, I want to meet more people because Henry's running out of friends. So I got to find him some. So that's when I was going out just on a tear, trying to just meet people like crazy and kind of continued doing that for a while. Well, I think what you did really well was take your kind of, you're like super self-aware about your own introversion and anti-socialness. You're like, I want to fix that. And so that turned into like, how can I learn how to be more comfortable meeting new people? Danny, are you extroverted? I'm 50-50, introverted and extrovert. I love reading books. I get energy from that. And I get energy from this conversation as well. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think what that's about you I'm guys? At. I think that's where I'm at. Um, I was introverted for a, like a long time. I don't know. We're, we often we're like, we don't like creating these labels or putting these labels on us because then we just default to them. Yep. Um, but I don't know. It's the, the difference between us is like, I'm like, let's shoot six podcasts in a day. Let's film four vlogs in a day. Danny, I'm really more. worried because I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> right after this podcast. And we've got dinner at my parents. So, <laughs> oh, am I going to that? Yeah. Fuck. It's Memorial Day. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Danny. But no, oh, so pleasure. so we'll we'll record one podcast. And Dylan's like, that, that was a lot of conversation. I, I'm going to have to nap that one off. And that's just, I think that's why we work really well together, but also our difference. That's so fascinating because Dylan, you you have a passion for podcasting and a passion for, for doing it. So it's surprising to hear that you also want to fall asleep right after. Yeah, this is, I mean, for the like six months of shooting, we're almost at a hundred episodes for smart nonsense, our podcast, but we, we haven't been shooting as much recently because crazy shit's been happening. But that's uh, that was like the one event in my day for like six months, which is like podcast with Henry at 1 PM. I shoot that success for the day. That was it. And then I just kind of like mosey around and my friends would make fun of me because I just like listen to audiobooks in my bed in the meantime. Okay. So you mentioned a lot of crazy shit's been happening. Take us through that. Oh man. So how did you find us, Danny? Where, where does our story begin? Because we should probably start there. Our story or begins... Even before, it probably started pretty... Re- MFM, all in. Yeah. So there were these clips that were going on and from my first million, Sam Pars post them. And I'm like, oh my God, these are the best clips I've ever seen. And I want to now go watch My First Million. I'm not a My First Million watcher, but I listen to it from time to time. And I'm like, I need to check this podcast out. What is going on with those clips? Who is behind that? I need to talk to these people. And I go digging and digging. I end up emailing Dylan about, I don't know, a month ago, something like that. I'm like, how do you guys do these clips? Like, that is incredible. And so... Through that process, I'm like, I got introduced to the whole ecosystem of what you guys are about. And I'm like, I like these dudes. And okay, I'll take it away. First, first, you can tell the story. Danny, we need to cut what you just said so that we can send it to Sam and Sean and let them know that that's why you watch their podcast. Maybe we'll get a bit. Basically, their their listener, monthly listeners have doubled since we came on. And we're like, all right, 
I don't know how much you attribute to like the clips being out there, but I'd like to say a decent amount to that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so basically kind of the the story of how we got to making clips, because we Henry's a decent editor. I kind of suck. I edited those bold introvert videos, but no, that was yeah, it's true. The extent we both, of mine. We both come from this video editing background. Right. So we were playing around with videos a while back in college, et cetera. Uh, after school, Henry took a year off, started making some YouTube videos, kind of learned editing side. I was working for a dating company because I really like talking to people. If you hate parties, talking to girls, like how else do you do it? So I was like, I'm just going to talk to them in the street. So I did that for like a year. And uh, then once this whole COVID quarantine thing happened, I was like, you know what? Let's go crazy and just quit my job with the dating company because who's going out right now? Start this podcast with Henry. And we're super lazy. So we're like, let's hire some editors to do it for us. Like the, the video sponsored side. Sponsored by the U.S. government. Sponsored. Yeah, we were both on unemployment. And I think Henry, <laughs> I don't know if he's, I don't know. Well, we'll keep that out. I don't know what you're on anymore. But uh, <laughs> hold on. I haven't been paid by Smart Nonsense Media. I am still unemployed. We'll get to the reason why. <laughs> but <laughs> Henry, okay, whatever. No, no, no. It's a really good investment. It's a really good investment for the U.S. government because you were on it. We'll, we'll, Go back in the story a bit, but then you came off it and you're making an absurd amount of money. So yeah. now you pay it all back. Well, yeah. So That's basically we, we, we hired a dope video team for our podcast. And then the dating coach essentially that I, I worked for, we reapproached him and we're like, Hey, we can do this for whatever, call it 10 grand a month. And then boom, we were like, Oh wait, there's actually traction for like good video editing. And so we had now the funds to sort of hire more editors and just, out of nowhere, uh, I guess kind of, we were surprised when we came to one of our editors, we're like, hey, this podcast might for a million. They want to do a video. And I think we're good at editing. Like, we didn't know how good we were actually were. We we're just like, hey, can you just make like a two minute clip? And we're going to send it to them and see what they think. And so he just goes overnight. We're like sleeping. We wake up in the morning. AJ, by the way. AJ, Utter he's, he's a stud. And he just spits out this sick edit of this uh, Silk Road, uh, this Sam talking about Silk Road story. Yes. He met the So founder. really quick, our hack there was finding MFM's most popular clip on YouTube and turning that into this animated thing. We're like, if it already worked as it's their most popular asset on YouTube, then let's make this easy and just start there. Right. So there was a Wait, whole... Uh, is this before or after February 26th? That was right around... I, I don't know the exact what the, the question the question I'm asking is this before or after flying out to San oh, Francisco? That was before. Oh, you you Danny, you want the you want the you want long-winded response. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot. Okay, so we we hear because we've been like number one fans of my first million. Great podcast, listen to it. If if you don't, well, you do, but anyone else. We loved it. We kept hearing about them, like, hey, our video team or our team right now is just dropping the ball. They can't do video, they're ass. And we're like, that's the only thing we can do. <laughs> so like, let's go to them, create some little crazy blitz pitch that we can do it for you. We can set up your studio. We can edit your podcast. We're, we're the whole smorgasbord. I don't know what you want to call it. The, the machine we're going to give to you. The chimichanga. The chimichanga machine. So Henry kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's too much detail, but we weren't going to be able to like they weren't going to see us if we went to one of their big tweets with like a million replies. Henry stumbles across this little tweet from.
from this guy, Mark Henderson. Mark. Uh, and God, God bless his soul. But he messaged something. I had like two likes and they were both from like Sam and Sean. So no one else in the world saw it except those two. And we're like, all right. And me. <laughs> and, and Henry somehow. So we're like, this is our chance. Their attention is here. Let's just slip in, kind of steal his thunder and just out pitch him. Yeah. And, and we had been kicking around ideas for a while. And we're like, you know, this is, we're creating our podcast. We're trying to reach out to people we like, but it's not working. So we just got to, we got to dial it up. We got to crank this up a notch. And I immediately, I left our apartment. I was like, I got to film a video right now. And that was the kind of like physical pitch to Sam. The, you know, you all need a video setup. I'll show you a video setup. Look at this place we built um, and, and look at what I've done in the last six months. By the way, here's all the gear you should get because no one's telling you exactly what you should get. Um, on top of that, we, we forged some, uh, airplane tickets. <laughs> Danny knows. Um, maybe. So I'm like, wait a minute. I, I can act like a computer programmer. I don't know how to program, but someone showed me how to change little, uh, you know, fonts and, and uh, scripts on, on web pages. So we're like, we're tripling down. We'll make this video, but we're also going to convince them that we're flying to their houses tomorrow right this whole permissionless shit kind of borderline stalking which (laughs) sam was legitimately concerned and he says it in the podcast and still have clips of that but uh yeah so we inspect it kind of change the dates like we're actually flying out the next day because we're just crazy and kind of the last we could have that that's the thing we would have if they would have right we're when we we kind of ended up doing that (laughs) we're fortunate to have taken off six months of, of work build this thing ourselves and literally be able to get on a plane the next day that that's kind of where we were at Right. Right. So we, we had built this whole system. Sorry, Danny, for rambling forever. Um, but for six, seven, eight months, we were essentially building a system where it's hands off for us to just create dope edits. And so now we're able to like, once the moment is there, we seize it like no other, because we have the whole team infrastructure set up. And in 24 hours, we hit them with Henry's edit, my edit, and they're instantly just mind blown. And then the next thing we get is a DM from Sean. And he's like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's sick. What do you want? It's exactly what Dan said. <laughs> How do we get it? And he's like, I don't know what you guys are up to, but it's sick. And I want you on the pod. <laughs> so that, exactly that kind of, right. uh, beyond there, I don't know. There's a bunch of details. Like we talked to him, have awesome conversations. We end up just like flying out pretty much the next flight, uh, build his studio, totally unqualified for that, but uh, did, did a decent job. And then just been editing their all their clips, like an insane amount of clips for them, plus uh, recently some other clients too. So it's been it's been a nuts journey starting from my first million. And Dylan, when you when you saw that Henry had changed up the the email and changed up the the flight, you were worried that it wasn't actually a flight. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. I just, you think I'm dumb. I do. I do. But I mean, it was, I thought he dropped the ball, but that's, that's why we, I don't know. We're like, we work really well together for some reason. Uh, why? Henry just no, I know why. The shit out of I know why. Because, because I do those things really fast and come very close. No, I drop the ball often. <laughs> Dylan's really good at picking up that ball. <sighs> Can we tell him about J Cal? Jason, uh, this is another. Oh, place. this is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that's why we work really well together. It's like I execute at all costs, like, pro- like obviously to a fault. Stuff I put out's not great. Dylan's more on the 
errs on the side of perfectionism. And so we've got this like really nice balance of Dylan diving in, taking something up to near perfection. And then I convince him like this, this has to go. We got to move on kind of thing. Um, okay. So, so yeah, my good first million wa- wasn't the only time, <laughs> isn't the only podcast you've worked with, right? No. So one thing, one thing for anyone, I don't know what's useful to people if they're like working with, I don't know what people do these days. We, I haven't worked a real job in my life except for like a bus boy, but like our our whole approach to working with people is not optimizing for money because we've done a couple of those projects where it's like we get paid a lot but it's it's like it's just it's grueling we don't like it they don't like it they don't have the distribution we'd want like we want podcasts where my first million we're getting tens hundreds of thousands of views on some of the clips so that's worth it to us and, and we said the other day like what would we keep doing clips for if we weren't getting paid to do them Right. That's how we get to all in, but sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. Whatever. That's kind of the theme of everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like, who would we edit clips for if we weren't getting paid and top of mind for us, like next on the list beyond my first million was all in. Mm -hmm. So God, this last, we still have to shoot our own pod. And and we do, we, because this was just last week, Danny, but um, we were like, to a lot of extents, we crushed it with MFM, right? Like we got their attention. We do the thing. They hired us. We're like, now we got to, now we got to up the ante because I mean, maybe the all in guys watch MFM Twitter's kind of been watching us do this MFM thing. So we sit down we, we lock ourselves in the studio, which I can't mention who, but it's been renamed the bunker. Um, and we're like, okay, we're going to have whiteboard war and we're going to figure out a way to get all in's attention in a similar manner, but again, cranked up. Yeah. Much. We got the whiteboard up right now that, you know, we're cooking up. Um, crazy. Yeah. We're cooking up another thing today, but so yeah, our, our plan was they've got four besties on all in. So that's four opportunities for us to make four pieces of content to get their attention four times. Um, that's four people, right? For those of four people. You who are yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. If you don't know the besties, go listen to the all in pod. Um, it's another, uh, just another great one. And uh, the first person we wanted to get the attention of was Jason Calacanis because it's more or less his podcast. He's probably the most active on Twitter and he's the goofiest. He's like the most, Smart, Smart nonsense, simple type, convincible person. Yeah. Um, so again, I run to the studio, we write up, write up the script. I shoot this thing super fast. My editor takes it over, edits it super fast. I'm like, boom, looks great. Get it out. And I'm alone here. And I'm like, yo, Dylan, can you drop a like? Like this thing's getting no attention. Actually, no, dude, it was right so <laughs> stupid. You were like, Henry's like, dude, you got to hop in here. Like, give it some love. And I go in and the first thing I see is he spells Jason Calacanis wrong, both in the <laughs> caption and the video. And I'm like, dude, this, Everywhere. Is, this is the first Everywhere. video we're putting out. And he's like, yeah, dude, but like, I'm like, take it down. He's like, no, dude, it has so much traction. I looked, there are seven likes, including my own. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's more traction than I've ever gotten <laughs> that quickly. But I'm like, like, hey, slow down. Let's do a risk benefit analysis. Our only motto here and with smart nonsense and our editors and with our clients is do no harm. Does this thing we're putting out really quickly do no harm? If not, ship it. So it's like, Belky, this is the one thing that does harm. Like it, you spelling, like Danny Miranda, if I spelled your name wrong, you'd be like, Dylan's a fucking chump. Like yeah. who, who does this? Uh, so luckily we took it down before. Hopefully you saw, I don't think he ever saw it. And then we did some quick little edits because Henry even like we shot some stuff. What you yeah, like, I was writing spray painted something. Like, it was all over the place. So we had to edit the whole yeah. video in like 10 minutes, but. Put it back out. He saw it. His first comment was like, 
let me hire you guys. I don't know what the fuck you do, who you are, but I want it. And then we just continue to blitz them over the next uh, week or so. But this is good. That in, in terms of how we work, I personally, actually, I wasn't going to take it down. I put up a comment like, sorry, I'm just stupid. I know it's Calacanis with an A. It's really funny because I checked it like eight times and I was like, yep, that's it. That's right. That's Calacanis right there. No, and I still did it. It right. was training for Chamath, Palihapitiya. <laughs> yeah, you right. know he was going to get that wrong. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how Dylan comes in and, and fixes my stupidity. And uh, yeah, you left it at, you were like, well, it's good practice for Chamath. So see you in a couple so, of like, one thing, kind of the point before you jumped in and cut me off, like, thankfully, Danny's <laughs> nice and listens, but uh, no, you should cut us off more. But uh, with like editing, whether or not you're getting paid, this is, well, one with my first million, like we are getting paid for that. And like that, it makes sense. One, we're, we're getting paid for it, which is sick. And then two, they get so much distribution that we're having people like right now, we're editing essentially a Netflix special for a comedian just because he saw us DM us. And we have literally dozens and dozens of DMS from these insane people. Like right now, this, this sort of what we're working on the terminology, but then I, I kind of said this, I don't know what oh, this, you thought. Yeah. This will be the, this will be the release of our newest line of marketing <laughs> squatter marketing. Mm. Do, you, do you know what squatter law is? It's when you, are in a piece of real estate and the, the real estate expires and you get to then live in that place after the expiration of that real estate. Yeah. Literally like if you're just in a place long enough, I don't know, like 10 years or so, they're just like, all right, it's just years now. Yeah, And, yeah, yeah. and so that's kind of what we're doing with all in. And we're like, all right, we're just going to edit their shit as if they paid us to edit and now whenever people ask, like, dude, we saw you, you guys edit all in. And we're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> they have no idea. We're not getting paid for any of this. And so a lot of these people, like, I don't know if we should say names, but like, like who, uh, like, you know, probably not get, then. I don't, I, I don't want to say stuff yet, yeah. but like people even beyond all in uh, level are literally reaching out to us and like, oh, who are you working with? And we're like, yeah, we work. We work with all in. You know, we oh, were yeah. editing some uh, stuff. No, but you got to word sets. it really well. You got to be like, we're starting to edit clips for the all in podcast. Yeah, no, because you take I, me to the court. That's true. I just yes, want to underscore friend. the genius of what you guys did with my first million, at least that I saw. You took every single person on that podcast and you created a video just for them, basically a DM in video form that the world could see. And no one else has done something like this that I've seen. And it was so brilliant that, you know, you mentioned it before, but I, I wanted to underscore, where did that idea come from? I think, well, first of all, I appreciate that. That's, that's awfully nice. Um, and I don't think there's any genius there. I think that the key is we just did it. You know, right. I think I, it was like, that's the only skill we have. So it's like, this just, is our only, we can't write very well. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We read this video. book. We read this book called building a story brand. And now that informs like everything we do. So I'll drink a bunch of coffee, sit down with my notes and I'm like, okay, who's the hero of this video? What's the problem? I'm the guide. Let me give them a plan, call them to action. And this is what success for Jason Calacanis looks like. And like, that's the script for every single movie, every single book, every fairy tale, like everything. So basically Dylan and I just sit down. We're like, build a story brand. And then we just, we just follow that to a T. Um, 
Yeah, I guess Jason was like, he retweeted one of them was like, this public DM thing is like super crazy. And we were like, oh, that's what that is. We dude. don't know. Like, and we're like, oh, it is a public DM. Yeah. Dude, what I, okay. What another like takeaway for people, it, like right now we're suffering a major, major, or at least I am, imposter syndrome. And it, it's like, even getting into a school as someone who never identified as nerdy, like a good school, uh, that I felt a little bit, but this is like next level. Cause I don't know like how, how much we're allowed to like say what's going on, but like, yeah, I don't uh, care. Okay, yeah, whatever. Like Naval? No, okay. Others. Set it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, whatever, we're, we're in a, uh, like a couple days ago, David Sachs is like, all right, uh, guys, my portfolio, we have like a million videos, all my portfolio companies, like, can you do these videos for them? The first one we want to work on is this app called Calling. And so we get on a phone with him and his, uh, I forget her. Operating her partner, maybe. Jessica something. And we're in the room and they're like, hey, we want to do a launch video. Uh, like, just kind of walk us through your process. I'm like, well, David, uh, what would your process look like? <laughs> and he's like, well, I think we should do this, 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 and this. I'm like, I I concur. I like, <laughs> like, that's exactly what I do. Maybe a couple of tweaks here, but that's our general process with these videos. Oh, Meanwhile, we've okay. never done a launch video before, so we have no idea what we're doing. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> that's like exactly what happened. And you could tell I was on the spot and like Jessica, the woman was like looking at me like, who are these clowns? What are they doing here? But then she's like, that sounds but, great. That, but also how much sounds- of that is in your own head, right? And how much of that is like, like, because you believe that someone else thinks you're an imposter, you believe, oh, I shouldn't be in this moment. But the truth is you guys put out some really, really good videos and- and professional level and better clips than I've ever seen anyone do it. So if there's anyone who's supposed to be in that moment, it's you. And it's hard because you didn't do it the old way of brick by brick and starting at interning for someone and spending 10 years in the design industry like Jack Butcher did. But it happened like that for you guys. So you're like, whoa, should I be here? Do I deserve it? The truth is, Mm -hmm. yes, you do. Because your work is A plus quality. That's super true. Yeah. And I keep, t- I keep telling Dylan that I'm like, uh, cause I, I do more of the like day to day, like I'm in the content pipeline and Dylan's doing more like visionary stuff. <laughs> so, joking. Like, I don't know what I do anymore. <laughs> whatever. But Dylan doesn't even see a lot of the content we're putting out. I'm like, dude, go watch what we did a month ago. There was no sound design. Like it, it was the clip felt naked. Like it sucked. Watch the stuff we're doing now. It's unbelievable. And like, like you saying, like you're, like you like say, saying. like you say it, Danny, um, a lot of this stuff's yeah, it's in your head. And we just have to remember that these people reached out to us now, you know, at this point, like we're not nagging and like, give us a shot, give us a shot, give us a shot. They reached out to us because the work speaks for itself. And uh, that's the kind of imposter syndrome mentality that it's hard to kick, but you have to <laughs> Dude, kick. even like, okay. So when we first hit my first million up, I was, I was essentially like, self-employed we, we didn't even i didn't have a company henry wasn't even like i wasn't involved for at all and now sam's like hey we want to send like all of hubspot's marketing budget for all of this like towards you guys like uh you guys got like a company right and i'm like yeah totally dude we got it we got a company for sure 100 and uh i'll get you those details tomorrow so then I'm like on the phone. I have uh, we have like outsourced assistants. So I have my system. I'm like find everyone in Chicago that's uh, an accountant, 
lawyer, whatever, we're going to make a company by tomorrow <laughs> just so we can like send an invoice. Yeah. Basically invoice them. And uh, otherwise, I mean, they, they kind of knew we were a joke after, but like we were the biggest joke. And uh, it's just funny because HubSpot's a $20 billion company. And they're like, what the fuck? What is going on? Why are Smart, these 23, 24 year old people doing it? 23. <laughs> yeah. uh, so just a lot of that shit all over the place. But, but look, um, you can do two things with that. Right. And there are two types of people to, to get back to your point that like, this is genius. Um, you can sit down, have an idea. Like I had a startup before this. That's kind of what we were wasting time doing. Go through all the formalities, start a company, plot out your plan of like do all the formal stuff that business school says you have to do, or you can just go out tomorrow and release something on YouTube and do it. And like, people need to understand at the time I had 450 subscribers. I still don't have a lot of subscribers. Someone told me the other day, it's, it's not that you get a thousand or a million or 10 million views on something. It's just that you got the right view. So we're like, can we just put a ton of stuff out into the universe and then stand out and get these guys attention um, and just execute? That's really all it is. So it sounds like for, yeah, go for it. (sighs) Danny, it's dangerous. When we haven't shot a podcast for like two weeks and normally we're shooting like at least once a week for the last year. So you got a lot of pent up energy coming your way. But uh, one thing I want to underscore is like, again, kind of part of the imposter syndrome is we have almost no say at all in any of these clips. Like you see them and you're like, wow, Dylan and Henry, they're making dope clips. I have no idea what's going on, dude. We're just like, Hey, this, can you make a clip for like this five minute segment? Cut it down a little bit. Like, yeah. And they spit out gold. I'm like, that's it. And again, they is like our team. Now it's pretty big ass, like legit ass company. But uh, a lot of editors, Specifically in the Philippines, we have a major team there simply because you can get the best editor in that, like basically the best editor that I've ever worked with in the U.S. at whatever, a fraction of Mm -hmm. the price. So you can afford to build a a proper team around. And you get the kind of time zone benefit, especially for doing daily stuff myself. It's like we can upload something here in the evening. It's now 6 a.m. in the Philippines. Wow. We go to bed. They edit all day. I wake up. My shit's on YouTube and our client's stuff is out the door. So we're like totally cranking away kind of 24-7. Like maybe we should hire down in Latin America and actually be 24-7. Nine to, nine to nine to nine. So Henry, it seems like you're struggling with the imposter syndrome a little less. And do you think that's because of your background in filmmaking? And is that anything to do with it? I think, no, I think, and I haven't told you this, but I think I figured it out. We were on a trip in Mexico and we got talking a lot about like being a lot younger and how we were raised. And I think it sounded to me like Dylan had a lot of teachers who broke him down and like told him, you're not going to dream about, dude, I had a dream about this the other day. Uh, Well, I think uh, about, I had a dream where I, I I found the flashlight. Okay. So (laughs) I don't know why this is important to any, but It, it gets into how we developed or in my case maybe grew out of imposter syndrome right okay we'll see if i hopefully i don't cry but um just out of nowhere basically henry was asking a question or something about like teachers not being nice i don't know what how it came up but i was like i moved schools my parents got divorced in fourth grade moved to a totally new school didn't know anybody cried every single day at school literally had to go to the therapist because i'd be in class and out of nowhere i'm just i ball for no reason and uh, they're like, oh, Dylan's crying again. Like, send him down to the therapist. Awful, awful shit. 
And then there was this one project where it's like we had to build a flashlight uh, for whatever, just build Science a flashlight. Class or whatever. And part of the reason I, I cried all the time because I came in and I literally I didn't know anything. Like I went to a charter school and they mixed like second graders and fourth graders. So I was basically learning like second grade shit. So literally Dylan's in a classroom years behind, right? Your, your peers. Yeah. You're like I, actually to that extent, an imposter. Right. And this in was actual, <laughs> yeah, that was real. Uh, this is therapy. That's nice. Um, but coming into the classroom, like everything's written on the board in cursive. I couldn't read cursive because my school never taught me that. So I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what a paragraph was. And they're like, Hey, the homework assignment is write two paragraphs on this over the weekend. I just bawled. I was like, didn't know what was going on. So this is flashlight project and basically had to create a flashlight. And I, I didn't like, I wasn't really friends with the people in the group, didn't know how to work with them. So I just went home and built my own like dope ass flashlight. It was, it was incredible. I was so proud of it. Come into school the next day and show it to the teacher. And he's just like, why did you do this? Wow. Like you're supposed to build it with the other people. Why would you go? Like he literally didn't acknowledge all the effort I put into it. And, uh, and I just like went and threw it in my locker and bawling again. And so when I told Henry this story, I just out of nowhere to start crying. And so I guess that's where you're like, this is like imposter. You were, yeah. You syndrome. for they years were. were like an actual physical imposter. And I think I had a childhood where everyone told me I was awesome. You know, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, you to, ra- not no, to, so. you raise a real point in that if a child doesn't feel he or she is valuable, he's going to, or she's going to believe that their entire life. And that's a crazy assumption. And I was actually just listening to the four agreements audiobook, and they're talking about a child who gets told that he shouldn't sing when he's a young kid and how if his mom tells him, you know, that is, you have a terrible voice, that he's going to keep that agreement in his head for a long, long time. And that is exactly what you dealt with, with the flashlight. And you believe forever that that is your agreement that you've made with yourself. And breaking that agreement is difficult. Henry? But also a lot of the times in this case, you don't even know it. This yes. was like locked away <laughs> so deep in Dylan's subconscious. We're sitting at a pool in Mexico. And I asked like something about, because I, I had a lot of similar issues with anxiety in elementary school. And we're talking about that. And then like, boom, it all comes back. And it's like, wow, that's why I've done this for 12 years. Yeah. And that's crazy. Talk to me. Henry, talk to me about Miss <laughs> Terzo and Miss Gallant. Danny! Danny, 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 you're paying attention. Holy cow. Um, kind of similar. You, you guys want to be friends? I don't I even know. I don't even know that much about I know. Henry. We're trying to start a dinner club to make more friends. Um, but anyway, Miss Terzo and Miss Gallant, kind of similar to this, but it was more me just being in my own head. Um, you know, because my parents said I was special and I had the fortune, a lot of teachers said I was special and I was in the foot, footprints shadow of my brother. <laughs> Footprint shadows. Footprint shadows of my brother, who was like this really awesome student. Everyone knew him in town. All the teachers knew him. So I like got to grow into that. And so that was great. Um, I don't really, oh, I do know what happened. Basically in like fourth grade, I got asthma. So I had gone from this like super happy kid I remember I was at uh, floor hockey. That's right. We played floor hockey and there's like dust in the gym. And I had this like crazy asthmatic reaction. Um, and from that point, I turned into this like hypochondriac, like the world's out to kill me. Like at the, I can just be playing hockey and keel over and die. Um, and that was like this really fragile idea. 
And then, yeah, it was the same thing. It was like going to school every day, crying every day, um, just like stuck in my own head. Uh, you get that anxious, you have no appetite. And then I had no energy to do anything that I never saw friends. And so it was a lot of terribleness. But in sixth grade, I, I had these two awesome teachers, Ms. Teresa and Ms. Glant, that basically just allowed me to be distracted, allowed me to get out of my head, told me I was like awesome. I was the class clown, like whatever it was. Um, and yeah, that's, that's when I learned that, oh, to get out of your head or to get out of bed or to get out of your hypochondria, whatever it is, just distract yourself. And so that's kind of something I still employ to this day. Yeah, it's really interesting. That's why I don't you, stop moving. <laughs> you could distract yourself or you could go inward, which is sometimes more difficult. And I know, Dylan, you were talking about doing Naval's 60-minute, 60 60-day 60 meditation challenge. I don't know if you stuck with that, but you end up, I did it, and I ended up confronting a lot of the issues that were in the back of my head, like you were talking about that flashlight incident. And from becoming aware of them, I suddenly had all this more energy. I was free. I was able to express myself better. I didn't know that all those situations were in the back of my head. So mm. I'm wondering if you did that. And if so, if you got to that level or that point. Danny, I think I made it six days, <laughs> just enough to record a podcast like I was doing. It. I actually, uh, Yes Theory, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They could have cool YouTube, but uh, they just put out a thousand days meditation and they had like a headspace 60 Actually, I don't know when this goes live, but it might still be up. Dylan's question to you, Danny, was, was meditation the extent of your kind of diving into yourself or have you sought out therapy? I ha I went to therapy before, but meditation unlocked a level that was like going to therapy every single day. And it gave me such an advantage because like we're talking right now, I've already been to therapy today. And you know that feeling you get after you go to therapy is like weight off your shoulders. Oh, I needed to talk about that. I get that every morning by just doing 60 minutes of meditation. Mm. That's 60 minutes is a long ass time. See, my problem is like we have, I have my routine in the morning and that takes probably 60 minutes, if not more. So I'm like, if I add another hour of meditation, then I, it's like 1 p.m. before I even think about starting my day. And that's nap time. I can't. I can't <laughs> one one p.m. is nap time. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, go ahead, Danny. No, it makes sense. And it's the type of thing that once you start doing it, once you start seeing the benefits of it, you're like, oh, this makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess my issue is uh, 60 minutes is just so, such a, a long chunk of time to start out. Like, well, you should start with five and then 10, you know, if like really doing nothing. Yeah, did you just die? You just did 60, 60. No, well, I, I had done about six months of 20 minutes. I did uh, three months of 20 minutes. Then I went from 20, 20 in the morning, 20 in the evening. And then I looked at 60 minutes and I was like, that is so long. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And I actually have my log for every day. So you could see it on my website is like every single day. And you could see the clear headedness increasing as the days go on, Ooh. which is really cool. Um, and that's why I love doing things in public because it's like, that accountability and that log of like, my children will be able to see the first 60 days that I meditated. How cool is that? So now you, yeah. What do you think about for 60 minutes? Nothing. There are Whatever. a lot of things I think about Th things that are going on. I'm like, Oh, I have this podcast with these two crazy kids later today. And you go through questions, you're going to ask them. And then you're like, why am I thinking? Oh, like, and it, all of a sudden the, the voice in your head gets boring. 
And you're like, all right, mm. just shut up. And you get to that place of nothingness and you feel that sense of peace. And then you're able to take that peace to this conversation. Because if I hadn't ran through the stuff in my head, I'd be talking to you. I'd be like, oh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, what am I going to do for my workout? What doesn't matter. I'm here right now. I'm present. I'm focused. And how did I get to that point? I was peaceful and present this morning. My problem, well, I probably didn't do it long enough, but 60 minutes, I was like, my mind's just going. And I'm like, I, I need to write some of this stuff down. I was having brilliant ideas. And I'm yeah, like, you will. Am I, I'm getting out of the meditation if I write this down, but what if I forget <laughs> it. And then I started tweaking. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> we, we did, Danny, at, the, at our old apartment, we had this bathroom that got pitch black. And we would try and simulate a sensory deprivation in the bath. Now, the problem there was if you didn't get the water to be exactly 97 degrees Fahrenheit, if it was like a little bit hotter, you'd sit in it, the door would be locked. So I'd be in there. I'm, I'm going to do a 45 minute meditation in the pitch, pitch dark black, pitch dark. Sorry, there's a train. Focus. Going by. I've got ADHD. Focus. He's got ADHD. He's like a dog. He is a train. He's here train. Um, so sitting in the, in the pitch black and, uh, if the water's too hot, those thoughts turn into, holy crap, I'm going to die. I'm going to slide down into the water. I'm going to drown. The door's locked. No one's going to come get me. And then sometimes I had to get out because it's scary. But uh, it does kind of un unlock this just like deep, deep thinking. And yeah, when you get to that point, that's just nothingness. That's really special. That was a funny story. Yeah, that was okay. That's good. And, and you were scared that Dill wasn't going to knock down the door because I wasn't. Was... <laughs> I forgot about him. See? Yeah. It, that's the thing. Um, meditation is something you have to do daily and you have to do consistently. But how, what was hitchhiking in Argentina like, Don? Uh, New friend. Yeah. Yeah. New you should have come with. Hey, next trip. Next trip. Wait, Danny, where are you? New York. Oh, Just I missed you. Up. She said hi. But um. That's uh, one I realized it pays to be a hot girl because they were infinitely easier to get a ride. Man, it, it took us hours and hours and hours just, I mean, we're two dudes, just to get someone to, to pull over and be like, where are you going? And like, oh, we're not going there. And then it's like, <laughs> all right, another couple hours. So, uh, no, that whole trip was just uh, madness. Uh, it, in terms of just going out and just doing wild shit, like, uh, I think... Uh, I don't know. We just get stir crazy. Part of the problem is like all our friends have real jobs, so they can't, uh, they can't like do crazy things with us anymore. That's why we're like, Oh, we want to go to Mexico a couple of weeks ago. And we just went and we'd like, Oh, let's try and learn how to surf or let's scuba dive in caves. Like that sounds cool. So just like that, that sort of excitement, Tim Ferriss was big on like, don't try and figure out what makes you happy. Just do what makes you excited. Uh, we like to live by that in general. That's why we get along very well and now have, nothing like we can do whatever we want and the team's kind of self-operating so uh so it's all sick uh argentina's patagonia is like fucking unreal like in terms of just going there and like that whole trip started with uh rollerblading 72 miles through uh geez, i can't even think uh, the andes through the andes and uh, i don't know how much of the story you heard but like literally this this grandmother when we stayed because we basically had to camp in like uh abandoned campgrounds and like i literally just brought like two t-shirts so i was like it was fucking midnight and freezing in patagonia i don't know what i was thinking and with a dude i just met like a week before because he was the only one crazy enough to do it with me 
But um, at one of these places we stayed at, grandma saw us and she's like, saw me rollerblading with a massive backpack because it had all our gear in it. And she's like, where are you going? In, in Spanish. I'm like, oh, we're going like the Siete Lagos. Like we're doing the whole trip. She's like, never once in my years have I seen anyone do that before. <laughs> she's like 90 years old. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of, I guess that's dope. Like it, it was frightening because you can't really break. It's mostly like you're just skiing the whole time. But if you fall, you get run over by a car, scratch the pavement. So we just, I'm a big fan of adrenaline. I love it. Uh, so the more of that in our lives, I think that, that's what fuels me for the most part, other than nice conversations. <laughs> well, I mean, what was that experience like though? Actually hitchhiking, like in a foreign uh, country. Well, uh, one, my Spanish is decent. So it wasn't a made, oh, plus, hey, not anymore. But um, but the person I was with also spoke Spanish, so it kind of worked out well there. But I don't know. We're just never scared of things. Like, people are, like, I've talked to thousands of strangers just through the course of life. And, like, they're all awesome. Like, never once, unless you're in, like, a super sketchy area. You're like, I, I've never been worried. Granted, we're, we're dudes and, you know. I don't know. I, people probably wouldn't pick a fight with you, but like, um, I think more people just got to get over the whole stranger danger thing. Cause strangers are awesome. We actually read a book. Ah, we had a book club. Uh, it's called some uh, 40 tales of the afterlives or something like that. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Great Beautiful. Highly recommend it. Yeah. It was super fruitful for a little book club conversation, but we're talking in one of the potential stories of like, it's basically like, religion for the non-religious. One of them was you die and then you're, you're in this world and you look around, you're like, oh, I, <clears throat> I recognize that person. Oh, I, I've seen that person before. Oh, that person too. But then you realize the world is only populated by people you've met before. So now you're like, there are a thousand people, whatever the number is, but there's no one beyond that. You're like, wow, when the world doesn't have strangers, it sucks. Mm. Like the world is so beautiful when you have each individual painting their own picture and it all comes together in this beautiful mosaic and now that's gone so that's why i'm like fuck stranger danger fuck all that like push your comfort zone try and meet new people that's why hitchhiking was the epitome of doing that you know it's so interesting because you have this when you feel good and when you feel confident it's pretty easy to walk up to someone at least personally it's pretty easy to walk up to someone and say hello or or ask for directions or whatever it may be but when you're in a bad place mentally and feeling not great about yourself, it's hard to walk up to someone and say, what's up? And I think it's it's very much a feeling of how how you feel about yourself is how well you can talk to strangers. Do you guys agree and, with that? Yeah. And we say too, a lot of the reasons you wouldn't do that is because of this fear of judgment, which plays in everything. It's the same reason you wouldn't put out a vlog. It's the same reason you wouldn't release mm. a clip. Um, and And our flip on that is, wait a minute, nobody cares about us. You don't yep. care about the people. Well, you might, but like, you don't know anything about that stranger over there. Like no one's actually judging you. Uh, so relish in that obscurity, relish in the obscurity that says no one knows who I am. I can try and do anything. Um, there's another good quote too. It's like, you wouldn't care how much people thought about you. If only you knew how seldom they do. Mm. Right. It's like, we're all just on our own path. You, you know, you need a ride somewhere, but like, Beyond that, yes, strangers are beautiful, but also just get out of your comfort zone. Like no one actually cares about you at the end of the day to, to paint with a broad brush. What have your friends said about 
smart nonsense, Henry's vlogs, this podcast that you've created. What Dude, did what everyone did <clears throat> quote? You're unstable. Uh, yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. We this this like this hidden feud between us trying to prove ourselves, like the imposter syndrome sort of vibe of like you know the feeling, Danny, when you're like you're doing a, a podcast starting from zero and people are like you're investing so much time and energy. And I literally I spent like fifteen thousand plus dollars of my own money just in the podcast. And they're like, why the fuck would you do that? And I'm like, well, it's an investment because now you come back, we build this insane team. And now we can connect with literally anyone that we idolize. They want to work with us. They're DMing us. How insane is that? So we're kind of fighting this battle of in the past, they're like, why are you doing it? And now they're like, why am I not doing it? Because they, they just didn't have the patience to wait six months and test something. Granted, we were lucky that COVID happened and unemployment was very generous. So we, we could afford these things. Otherwise, that'd never be the case. And like student loans is a big issue for people. So we get it. But people that are lucky enough not to have those sort of uh, weights, they should be trying these things. And so uh, so that's really been the case for us was just kind of proving ourselves. Now we're at that point. Um, and I don't know. Well, and that battle ends else. in two ways, which, again, you've probably seen, Danny. It's like the friends who take the traditional path, parents who have taken the traditional path, they either want to see you fail so they can say, yeah, I told you so, obviously, like my way is the right way. Or you don't fail. And it proves, like Dylan said, it proves everything they are and they've done wrong. It right. says this would be fun. Yeah. It's like, and I'm going through this battle with my mom right now, or, I mean, I gave up on it, but um, she's a, a physician, she's a doctor. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, you can optimize this and you should have someone come in and automate this. And you can get a scribe to do your charts because that's the worst part of your job. Yeah. It would cost 30 grand, but that would give you this much time. And I'm doing all these calculations and to someone like her, who's 30 years into that profession, for instance, like, like our parents, that dissonance, it's like, you don't want to know, you don't even want to know what, what, uh, how the world could help you. If you just kind of stepped off the traditional path, it was a very different world. And this world of trading time for money is one of the past. And it was very easy to figure out, okay, if I work here for X amount of time for 30, 40 years, okay, I can retire and be happy. But we've been introduced to a world, I believe you guys are 23, I'm 25. And it's like, we know of a world where you can reach infinite amount of people in one minute, in one second. And this podcast could hypothetically be seen by 7 billion people. And that's a game of leverage and a game of scale that wasn't available to our parents. And that's that difference is getting played out in society. And it's really interesting to watch and sometimes sad when you're trying to convince. That's why it's better not to convince and just to execute. <laughs> right. right. You know, lead by example, I think in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even um, it's funny talking uh, to Henry's dad the other day. He's like, y'all should update your LinkedIn profiles. Like it's, I haven't touched mine since like junior year of college. Henry, probably the same. It's just, it looks terrible. There's, nothing on it it's like youtube creator bold introvert like that was the last thing i had on there and we're like I saw. at this point <laughs> so people use it right hey well henry this morning deleted his i'm about to we're like this literally it's not useful to us because we we talked to sax for example and he's like hey we want you to do the launch video to start and we like one we pitched him an insane amount of money for this thing and he was like yeah that's yeah we'll, we'll do it 
but he never asked. He's just like, that, that sounds fine. And he's not like, oh, well, can you show me the portfolio of all your other launch videos, which we have none. We've never done a launch video before, but thank God they just, yeah, like literally would have been fucked, but um, we'll figure it out. But you like, would have created one. Right. Yeah, we, exactly. We, <laughs> we go out and we create three of them and come back to Saks two days later and be like, here's your portfolio of launch. Videos. This is what we can do. Right. So that's, that's the thing. Like we're resumes are just such a joke. Even last night I was talking to this person and like, Oh, I just hired someone to help with my resume. And now it's like, they turn like, going to the bathroom into the, the most elegant sentence. And I'm like, that's the fucking joke. Like who, why would you even look at that? Like we've hired 20 plus people, been through mm. thousands of resumes. I, I literally haven't one. I just look if it's like, Oh, does it look pretty? I'm like, I don't read any of it. It doesn't matter. I'm just like, show me your portfolio. If you do dope edits that wow us, that's our metric for hiring is like, if you don't audibly say, wow, we just ignore you. Like you, you, you haven't wowed us. You're not clearly not better than our current skills. So We'd just be reducing the quality of our team if we hired you. And so, you, well, you said the other day too, uh, you were going to apply for something like through Lex Friedman. Oh, dude. And Dylan turns to me, he's like, listen, you don't want to find yourself in a Google form. Yes. You if if, if you're there. applying in a Google form or any form, you're losing. I, we're not going to win that battle. Like, I, I was like, because Lex Friedman has a dope podcast. We're like, he wants an editor. We're like, oh, we can probably edit. So I sent over some little thing but i'm like uh, this isn't how you stand out you're never going to stand out this way if i'm just i'm competing with someone over like the text in this document it, it's a joke so i think everyone it, I, we're kind of lucky and we stumbled across some of the best video editors in the world so now sort of naval like they're the four kind of luck we're kind of in the fourth where like people seek us out for uh for our skills i don't i don't remember all the luck but whatever um we're like the best in the world at video clips on Twitter. Like that's kind of our, our niche right now. Um, or at least we like to think so. So, um, so we got lucky there, but if you can find some way to be the best in the world at something, and it can be as super specific as video clips, one to two minutes on Twitter, then you're going to be known for that. That's where your idols are. Just find where they're living and just be the best at something that they need online. That's and then show them, up. just do it. Show them you can do it. <laughs> Get right. out of the resume. We, we never once asked anyone. The only person we asked if we could edit, for example, all in was Sam. We're like, hey, Sam, we have a ton of editors. We can put them for free on this other thing and it wouldn't harm you. Is it cool if we edit like a Jason clip or something? He's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Uh, but we never talked to all in. That was their first exposure to us. Henry had like, I don't know, a couple hundred followers on uh, Twitter and he's gotten over 100,000 views on his clips that he made for them just because they retweeted him. Yeah. It's insane. And, and what happened? Then you guys go to New York and fly to New York to meet them? No. So <clears throat> we... Uh, totally unrelated, right? Yeah, this... So New York, we're still... Okay, oh my God, dude. We haven't done a podcast on this yet, but uh, Danny, it was like an absolute roller coaster. One, kind of the joke oh, about Henry, man. like he's like, I haven't been paid yet. Part of the reason why is like, one, the margins are pretty good. That's why we can work on all these free projects before we get hired. So that's nice. But it means like at the end of the day, we're just reinvesting everything. So we're actually like, in theory, we'd be making a lot of money, but we're just trying to like work with everyone possible. Optimize for people, not profit, which we could be profitable if we wanted. We'd just be complacent. So um, basically my first million, we're kind of going wild and uh, they were like, Hey, um, basically Sam was like, 
HubSpot has all these new podcasts. They're coming in. They want you to edit all of theirs too. And we're kind of ramping up for that, but they're slow. They're a big corporation. So we didn't like, they're not ready for that yet. So we scaled this massive team and they're like, oh, our margins are fucked because we kind of like prepared for this. Um, so we were like screwed. We're like, shit, do we lay off the team or like half the team, which we would never do. That's like our number one priority. Like we would literally be on food stamps before that happens. Or do we just take everything we have and somehow in the next week, find a new client that we're excited to work with? And we're just like, uh, all right, we got a week. Here's the deadline. If we don't do it in a week, we're going to run out of money. <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> so that week, that was all in week. We, we fucking just went at them at the end of the week. That's when David Sachs was like, hey, like, let, I want you to do videos for us. So that was dope. And then also, I'll just say it, Hassan Minhaj, he, he's like a Daily Show correspondent, does his, uh, has like stand up. He hits us up and we're like, oh, we're in New York. He's like, oh, I'm flying back from LA. Let's meet up, talk about this. And so within a week, we're like, okay, like, why are we stressing out? We can, we can literally find money if you have that pressure. And one, we've had a million DMs of like people offering a lot of money. We just don't want to work with them. So, um, so like, yeah, I think when, uh, what is it? Like, we kind of like living above your means in a sense, if that makes sense, like kind of put that pressure on you. Cause otherwise we never would have like immediately jumped on all in and the moment's right. Like right now, because whatever the longer you wait the, the less of a chance so uh you need to have that fire underneath and we were lucky enough i don't know if it's lucky but um financially it made sense for us to jump into it right away yeah. you mentioned that you have a bunch of dms people you don't want to work with and i'm curious what types of factors do you look for in people to work with it's basically like do we like we said earlier, right? Would we edit this thing for free if uh, if they didn't ask or whatever? And what that comes down to is basically just optimizing for the clients for the podcasts that we listen to. Um, you know, it's Tim Ferriss, Naval, all in my first million. I think we've got on the board over there our North Star. What does it say? North Star clients, and it's really just those three or four people. Um, Hassan Minhaj totally came out of nowhere, but we're like, that's an absolute yes, right? Um, because we there's this um I think it was Tim Ferriss and Nick Kakonis, they were on a podcast and uh they were talking about speaking engagements and they're like we either do it at full price or for free. And so when we were talking about Hassan, when we were uh thinking about working with him, like all right, would we one, what are we gonna charge him? We're still gonna charge him full price. But if he's like, hey, will you just do like a test or whatever for free? Yeah, we'd hundred percent do it. So kind of Taking a lot. One fucking Tim Ferriss is, is my, yeah. my mentor. It's I it's the, I think it comes from Tim Ferriss, the full body yes, right? Yeah. You need a yes in the head, you need a yes in the heart and a yes in the gut right there. And so much of the six months before my first million, especially with me and like my other startup, there's like a lot of gut stuff going on. Like the head wasn't there. It's like, if any of those things, the head, the heart or the gut isn't a full blown yes, it's an absolute no right away immediately. And we've learned that now many times the hard way. Wow. So take us through a situation, if you can, without naming names, of going through that situation and not having a full connection between the head, the heart, and the gut. It's probably that one trial we did, right? So we were, again, we were under pressure, running out of money, racking up the credit card debt. And we're like, we were supposed to scale this thing for HubSpot. Where are they? Um 
And so we're like, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the DMs. We'll just take someone who's willing to pay the money. And we go on, we do a trial period with them. They're great, by the way. Uh, it actually, I'll get to that, but like it helped inform our team and our creation a lot. Like it helped us innovate a lot, which is cool. But the trial that should have been like two or three days, maybe a week, went on for like two, two and a half weeks. And the whole time we just kept going back and forth. Like, do we care about this uh, from the head? Does the money make sense? If we're taking these talented editors from this project and putting them on this, like, does that make sense? Uh, and then I guess the heart is like, we didn't care at all about the content. So that was actually a full body. No. What kind and of we, sucks though now is I stopped listening to my first million. Cause like same thing with that dating company I work for. Like now I can't watch their content. Like once you're working for it now, it sucks. Like, uh, I used to love this and it kind of kills it. But what's interesting to me is I was talking to my family. I went back to Rhode Island for a bit and they're like, they're hearing about all these crazy stories. Like, all right, you have the opportunity, their whole mentality. They're just like money focused. They're like, take every client you can Same do all mom. of this all the time. Cause like, who knows they come from like, my mom was on food stamps for a while. She had my brother at 18 and like raised him as a single mother. Like they're, they're on like, they've never seen this type of money before. So they're like, just take all of it, all of it that you Scarcity can. Scarcity mindset too, right? Don't lose it. Don't lose a client. But if we took on this client that we worked on the trial period for, for two and a half weeks, then we would have been at capacity, at least for that time with our editors. We wouldn't have had room to go for all in because now we had five editors that we could just send full force at them. So when you're turning people away, now it gives you the time to strike right when the opportunity arises, especially if, if you like need the money, <laughs> kind of forced to. So it, it's honestly, I, I haven't seen a downside to turning people away yet other than Henry not getting paid, but like, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine. We just yeah. joke about it. Henry, speaking of getting paid, what similarities exist between astrophysics and wedding photography? <laughs> Holy cow. None. Um, Henry keeps talking about how much of a waste college was. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually. I don't think it was. But. No, I saw the other day. Maybe it was you on Twitter. But I think if you know what you want to do and maybe if entrepreneurship's your thing and you see like there are pockets of money in the world, you just got to go out and grab them and provide for yourself. I think college is a great place to lean into the fact that you are the average of the five people around you. So like when I shit all, all over college and why I went and I shouldn't have, I should have taken a gap year that turned into a gap life. I'm like, wait a minute. I met Dylan. I met my girlfriend in the other room. Um, you know, three other people we travel with. It's like, I did turn into the average of those five people. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, astrophysics to me was like, if I'm going to be here and not be that stoked about being here, can I at least just do the hardest thing I can think of so that I can convince myself I could do anything? Wow. Um, I think maybe it was Madame Curie who did that with chemistry. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a cool idea. So I'll just do something hard. Um, but I did that. And I tell people too, like, you don't study physics in college to get a job. A lot of my peers did, you know, they go into research and education, whatever. Um, but you study physics to learn how to question the way the world works. And I think that's, that's what it taught me is just ask why like six more times than the, than the average person. Um, don't take, don't take anything for granted, be cynical or critical about, about the world and why things are the way they are, how that gets to wedding photography. I don't know. I don't know. Creativity, like these creative arts, music too, photography, videography, it was always my vice to get through those like really hard, stressful school things like physics. Um, and then, yeah, I just, it was kind of one of these things that was like, 
I don't want to go work on Wall Street nine to nine. I don't want to go do this. I've done my stint at these companies. They treat me like poop. Um, so if I can make 30 grand a year shooting wedding photo, like that'll at least give me the ability to take the year off. So that's what I did. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just saw that connection. I was like, wow, that you don't see that every day. Someone who does wedding <laughs> photography and, and astrophysics. So I, ha- I had to ask about that. But guys, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap it up? Any topics you'd like to explore? Danny, Danny, we don't. Well, one, sorry if you uh, repeat this in other podcasts, we don't listen to enough of them. But I'm curious, and we don't have to get into it on the pod if you don't want, but like, I'm curious about your perspective on a lot of these things. Clearly you've been doing this podcast for a while. Like we've been grinding on the pot. We're kind of on similar journeys. Uh, can you, we're curious, like what's your, how, how's the progression of things in your life? Like where are you trying to go and how are you getting there? So currently I have a part-time job as a photo booth for weddings. Um, that's been paying the bills, living at my parents' house. I'm grinding on this podcast. I've never enjoyed something or love doing something for so long as I have this podcast. It is a joy to connect with people all over the world who are fascinating the hell out of me in so many different facets. And it's just a, a real love of mine. And I'm going to be doing this for, for a long, long time. So that's how I think about it. it. The growth has been slow, but it's not like I'm trying to grow fast. I'm trying to just sustain and keep going. And it's easy for me to do. So are you waiting for, is the goal that the podcast blows up one day and this is your job or are you waiting for another idea that you can do on your free time and also do the pod? This is the end. What I need help with is two young kids to help me create some clips for this epi- <laughs> these episodes and, and just blow it up. You know, that, that's what I really need because I love this part of it, but I don't like the editing so much. I don't, I'm not as good at creating video clips and stuff like that. So figuring out how I can better market it is definitely a priority. Yeah. One, uh, I mean, one, we can send you some editors cause we're, we're constantly hiring. So there are people that we can just be like, Hey, Danny's, we don't have room for you, but like, if you want to work with Danny, he's dope. You're dope. Match up. But uh, one thing are like our we usually you talked about like how do you pick clients you work with? We some of the clients they have big budgets, but they don't have a massive following already. And like we can't say definitively that we're gonna help grow. Like we we'd like to think so, but we're taking like an existing massive audience and demand and just adding clips. So we have no idea, uh, especially like the the cost benefit it makes a lot more sense for someone that has a million podcast listens a month than a smaller channel. So that's where like, I don't know. I don't know the, the way to grow on podcasts. Clearly our podcast has like <laughs> nothing. I mean, look at all of our channels. They're, they're tiny, but again, it's that point where like we got the right person's attention. So yeah. we're okay with that, but, but you probably have different goals. Yeah. I want to crack that code. I want, I, I want you to have like co-host segments or like somehow find a way to get someone that isn't doing a podcast. You're like, Hey, I'm the hot, hot ones, whatever the fucking Sean it? Evans, Sean Evans of podcasting. People love me. Cause I'm just fun to talk to. Uh, you have great ideas. Let's collab. And like, you kind of rebrand the podcast with them 
I don't know. I just love like spitballing ideas. I think going off of someone that isn't doing it already with a massive following would be interesting. You're saying from my perspective, like attach myself to someone. Like, Maybe. What you, what I, do I don't know. I don't be know how to grow. Parasite. I, yeah, I, <laughs> be that's, the parasite. That's literally, we've just been a parasite uh, on all of this shit. Like we're just like, Hey, uh, Sachs posts a video and it says like from Henry Belcaster. So we're like kind of, Parasite. but but all of this too danny came out of exactly what you're doing we were like we love the creative stuff we love sitting down at the whiteboard and going through the story brand and scripting this thing we love shooting videos we love shooting pods what we don't love is all the back end like we'll do it we've done it we know how to do it but it's like how can we create systems to make the creation that much more fun um so now i can shoot a vlog for 20 minutes and I don't have to sit down and edit it for eight hours and it comes out the next day. Um, and people think that's a really hard to get to that point. And that's where I was lucky to know Dylan for like, at the time, my editor was, I don't know, a hundred bucks a week. You can get to that point where the thing's more or less automated. How, how's growth been for you, Danny? It's been, there was a big spike when Gary Vaynerchuk come on, came on, but then it's been <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, pretty linear since then. And then we Under come on. Down. <laughs> it goes right downhill. What the fuck were these cons talking about? Um, well, yeah. the other thing too that, that we talk a lot about is creating the binge bank. You know, we're like, right. nobody's watching us right now. Nobody cares right now. We're going to relish in the obscurity. But we did this thing once. It's on the internet. It'll be there forever. And finally, when the stars align and people are interested or you have the viral moment or the Gary V, whatever, you have maybe five Gary V's it takes to crack the code. Then you've got all this media that's just waiting for people to listen to. And that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I had Logic's I mean, manager on and he said Logic's secret was that he just put out so much content, so much so that when he finally blew up, his fans, his new fans would look at it and be like, oh, wow, there's so much here and binge it nonstop. Mm. And, and that's, the, that's the secret. A, a library of content is better than one viral moment. I had one viral moment when Gary Vaynerchuk came on my podcast. I think it was like 5 million impressions in like 24 hours, something crazy like that. And then it didn't do anything. It gave me a, a bump, but it's like, what do you need for long-term? You need a long library of content. What's your process for getting a Gary V or I was just watching, uh, who's the fucking, the futurist, uh, biology Wire magazine. Uh, what's the beard when you don't have the mustache? I forget. What the fuck is his name? Kevin uh, Kelly? Kevin Kelly. Yeah. And Kevin Kelly, I was watching that. But how do you, what's what's your pitch and how has that evolved for getting cool guests? My pitch has evolved by now saying, hey, Gary Vaynerchuk's now been on my podcast. I'm the top 1.5% <laughs> podcast so, in the world. So, so how do you get Gary V? Or how do you get that first I person? tweet to him and say, hey, Gary V, you want to come on the podcast? That's all I do. Like, And the oh, thing is Steve people- Harvey. Yeah, Steve Harvey too. And the thing is, I'm just trying to be persistent and I have no qualms about getting rejected or looking like an idiot. That is completely cool with me. Like you, like we're, we're on the same page. It's like, that's part of it. Relish so in the obscurity. That's the, all it is. Yeah. Because the only thing we know is video clips. I feel like if you had, all you, all you really would have to do is create one insane Gary V edit and then send that to everybody. Like, hey, we had Gary V on the podcast. And guess what? If you come on, we'll do a dope clip for you. And you can send that wherever you want or just see yourself and look cool. People Definitely. love themselves. 
They love themselves. That's why the all-in thing that's works. That's why Danny's dope. He just yeah. lets us fucking talk at <laughs> Listen it. Listen to us, right? All we do is talk about ourselves. Finally, in the 11th hour, we, we learned something about Danny. I think we should bring it to Smart Nonsense and do like a full-blown Danny Miranda interview. Well, and catch we'll the, shut up. Catch <laughs> the, the part two in True. Smart Nonsense. Guys, this has been great fun. Where can people find more from you guys? One call to action. Right, one. That's our thing. Right, you take it. You've been taking all the no, Henry Belka at Henry Belka. You guys are so Twitter. cute at Dylan Jordan. <laughs> no, follow him. We're, I don't. We're both on Twitter. You should hang out with us there. And then I make YouTube videos almost every day when I have the energy. Also, my name. Nah, that's sweet. And all those will be linked up. I'm a big fan of these two, and hopefully, anyone listening will be as well. Thank you guys for taking the time. I really appreciate you, Danny. You, Danny, thanks. Thanks, bro. That was my episode with Dylan and Henry. I love how at the end they they flipped the script on me like real podcasters and thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with them. If you have any thoughts or feedback about this episode, I love learning your thoughts and you made it this far in the episode. So why not drop a comment to me or a message in some capacity at Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you as always for getting to this point. It means the world to me and I hope you have a great, wonderful day. Have a great one. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.